Welcome to the Defense and Aerospace Report. I'm Vaga Maradian. This podcast version of our interview is brought to you by L3 Technologies. Welcome to the Defense and Aerospace Report. I'm Vaga Maradian here in Washington, D.C. at the Strzok Law Firm to talk to a partner here, Chris Greiner, who's one of uh, the nation's, and if not the world's, leading experts on the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States, uh, the process through which uh, foreign uh, uh, companies acquire companies uh, and entities in the United States. Uh, Chris, you know, it's a, it's a quiet uh, week on K Street uh, here in Washington, but it's been Fairly busy. President signed uh, FIRMA, which was the Foreign uh, Investment Reform Management. I, I'm, I'm screwing that up. What, did, what does FIRMA stand for? Well, you're close, but it was also Review Act, so Foreign Investment Review Act. So. Uh, review Act, uh, and that changes uh, the entire CFIUS uh, process of, of review. Um, obviously, concerns about Chinese acquiring companies in the United States, uh, and also Chinese representation. It affects um, access to information, a whole series of things. Talk to us in the main what all of these reform means reforms mean for foreign investment in the United States, whether outright acquisition or representation on boards, uh, just the entire picture. Oh, great. Well, we're going to talk about this. Obviously, the uh, the, the, the changes to uh, the Committee on Foreign Investment and its power uh, it really has been in place for many, many years. Uh, the restrictions have been in place to, there's been no definition of national security, uh, either national security or a, a dollar limit. But the fact is that now there have been various uh, in, uh, acquisitions that have gone forward that have been being reviewed and, and, and now have a, a more structured process in place. To some degree, it's been a, an improvement because uh, it's going to make things simpler and more easily understood for certain countries and companies, uh, but it's also more rigorous to the extent that the standard used to be an, an investment and control. And the government looked at control, whether it was 100% or some percentage, but that was a criteria. The fact is that now it's looking at things that are less than control. So you've got less than uh, a controlling interest of some situation. The fact is that the, 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 those kinds of cases can be reviewed. Um, and they specialized, you know, frankly, in things that have they've expanded into real estate. Uh, real estate is now an area they've been emphasizing. It's a proximity, uh, the issue of a, a real estate location uh, near a government facility or having a t tenants being in a government facility. So those are the kinds of things that they're looking at. Uh, they expand the authority. M frankly, CFIUS has had the authority uh, to do much of this, but now it's more codified and made it clear that these are the restrictions that are going to apply. So I think across the board, it has been an improvement. Uh, a year ago when the legislation first began, was very restrictive and covered many, many things which really were sort of killing the golden goose of foreign direct investment. The fact is that now uh, it is more codified to say these are the kinds of things we're worried about and letting the government understand the procedures and, and the criteria and giving them more opportunities to review and also giving them more opportunities to take action to uh, be to fix the problem for national security. There's been a lot of misunderstanding about CFIUS. You've seen many cases in the press, and the misunderstanding is that it's something beyond national security. And many many countries and companies have said this is uh, too um, restrictive. But it based is national security, and so that's really the team looks at it very carefully and done a very good job, and I think the legislation now gives them the ability to go forward in a very uh, rational way. Um, as I said, there's some improvements uh, and, and timing, uh, and there's also some more restrictions on, on process. 
Um, and um, obviously, you know, you, you mentioned that, which was a, you know, a wind farm, as I recall, it was in proximity to a naval uh, installation. Um, the last administration was looking at that, and in, far, in part, the whole reform process began with folks saying, look, you know, let's, let's try to codify this a little bit more uh, uh, firmly, given how it was seen that China was trying to use every loophole in order to be able to, to, uh, to, to do that. So talk to us about the elements of this that improve security. But on the same time, you know, you were saying you don't want to kill the golden goose. So how does this play without it coming across in some manner as discriminatory? What are some of the sort of underlying principles here that allow this to sort of go forward and improve security, but still allow that gate to stay open for foreign investment, which we've seen, you know, one of our sponsors, Leonardo DRS, was an Italian giant buying in the United States. We've seen Talas, Airbus, BAE Systems grew. Uh, a lot of these companies you've you've been involved with at one, one level or another. Talk to us a little bit about how uh, the legislation and the reform threads that needle to try to improve safeguard while at the same time facilitating investment. Yeah, it's very important to know that many of these transactions you mentioned, these deals, they took some time. Uh, some of them are more complicated due to the sensitivities, but we worked out mitigation arrangements, whether it had been a security mitigation arrangement under the Defense Security Service or uh, a FOCI, a, a CFIUS mitigation arrangement, which is sponsored by the the Treasury Department. So that, that basically those deals, each deal has, a, each each one is considered on its own. That's an important criteria. There is no bedrock, you know, basic line of, of, of Cass's line, you've got a problem. Each case has to be analyzed on its own basis. And that's what the government is now looking at to be able to say minority cases um, where people are coming in and getting access to, the, the criteria has been technology, critical technology, uh, critical infrastructure, and, um, and also access to personal identifier information. Very sensitive areas. And so there are certain things that are the third rail, which should not be done by certain countries uh, if they thought it through. Uh, but then there are some things which are quite open. And so there's really a lot of deals that you don't hear about because they get through. They go through CFIUS, it's confidential, and only become, if it comes public due to either a competitor or uh, because it's a public company doing the acquisition. These are the kinds of things that people are, are running up against and, and, and seeing but many deals get done, and so that's an important piece of it. This, this new process is allowing the government to reach out to cases where they're concerned about um, the information. They're also concerned about trends. Another thing that they're looking at is trends. If there is a certain acquisition to certain areas, um, uh, uh, artificial intelligence, uh, autonomous automobiles, vehicles, um, uh, semiconductors, these are things which are sort of like issues that people are looking at, some things you wouldn't do ever, and some things are, are able to be done as long as you put a mitigation in place that's rational. So I think there is a process in place. Uh, this new legislation, we'll see the regulations, is going to take 18 months to get that done. Everyone's asking, what does this mean right now? There's processes now that allow for extension of time from a 30-day to a 45-day but frankly, the government hasn't had much time to get deals done, and so sometimes they've kicked over to investigation automatically. Mm -hmm. Even the serial filers, as I call them, people who have done this before and have been there and are well-known, just due to time, not due to a problem. So those issues are going to go through in a, a set more time, probably 45 days will allow them to get done without going on to investigation, which kicks it up to more lengthy period. But it gives the government more time. It gives the uh, the government more, more vehicles to work with. Uh, mitigation, obviously, uh, is another piece of this, whether it's going to be an audit, whether it's going to be a, mit a monitoring. There's a whole raft of things that the government can use to make sure that things are being done right. But I think it's they, they're emphasizing even their latest uh, uh, frequently asked questions that came out uh, just today, saying these are things that we're concerned. We want foreign investment. We encourage it. 
but we want to make sure that national security implications are taken care of. And um, you were saying that one is a time issue, but then there's also the labor issue of this. And one of the challenges that's existed even in the um, arms export world was not enough inspectors, not enough people to be able to actually process the paperwork. As you're looking at this, this is a change in paperwork. Is the government doing anything, surging, uh, making changes, making things easier uh, on that filing process? And is there going to be some investment on the, the touch labor part of this, which is the analysis process, and to make sure that you've got the experts, the channels, in order to deal with a transaction volume that's actually increasing because folks want access to that $717 billion defense budget that the president just signed in. Indeed, indeed. Frankly, the, uh, the, there's going to be a fine, there's going to be fees. There are going to be some fees. We haven't, we'll see what they are whether and, and how they're going to apply. So that's going to be an important piece of it. Those fees will hopefully be able to fed back into CFIUS to allow them to ramp up. Everyone who's commented said CFIUS is understaffed. Uh, they've got a great staff, very capable, got very good people, but you know, they've only got so many, and so we're going to expand the staff. Some of the mitigation issues, one of the things that have been discussed is having, having mitigation and well, the government the government basically has third parties do that. Uh, so there's it's a cottage industry that's growing in the mitigation, which has been grown and grown. We've, I've been meeting with a variety of people who are out there doing this very well, um, but they help the government understand. Some cases the government has said they're too complicated, so we don't do mitigation, but I'm hoping that I will be encouraged to say, look, you plan ahead, you can have things mitigated so that they will be satisfactory to the government as well as the company. Many times mitigation arrangements are popped on the company at the last minute, and sometimes they'll sign off on something which which ends up being a $20 million mitigation cost due to the fact they hadn't been able to negotiate this and the pressures of getting a deal changed and deal signed up. So those are the kinds of things that are out there. I think there's going to, get, there's going to be more time for, for a diligent review, and I think there'll be more people to do it. And, uh, and that's also adding more political power to it. So there's going to be a lot of emphasis on um, getting things done and done well. Um, obviously, the United States has been focused and has an organized process. Uh, and that China's been on the U.S. radar screen for some time. Um, our allied governments have, it's only recently that China is now seen as the potential security threat, economic threat. Uh, you know, I spoke to Jorge Domek, the head of the European, uh, chief executive of the European Defense Agency, and he was saying that, look, in, in just 10 years, the amount of deal volume has uh, you know, gone from $2 billion a year in, in 2016, uh, or two, uh, 2006, excuse me, um, to now $100 billion in, in annual Chinese acquisitions in Europe. Sure. Uh, obviously, the EU can set standards, but each nation state makes its own determinations. Obviously, a big concern with Brexit is that the UK may become a little bit more flexible in terms of all of its tax and other rules in order to attract people to, to come to the UK. Um, but government after government has told me, boy, you know, we, we were a little bit too easy. From a transatlantic standpoint, from an alliance standpoint, from a NATO perspective, and even a trans-Pacific perspective, how are governments thinking about this to sort of harmonize how they approach this? because there are all sorts of back doors to trying to get access to the technology which the Chinese have become very, very good at trying to exploit. Yes, it's, it's an interesting story because frankly, a lot of people, the Chinese have been going and making investments in different countries around the world. And then those countries who also, because they have interest in the United States, that can be a CFIUS case or try to get a back door. Uh, each country, frankly, has been very aggressive in looking at uh, issues. Uh, Germany, most recently, has been involved in this, sort of a robotics program last year. They are now coming in and they've turned down just recently two cases 
of Chinese investment. Uh, the UK has come up with a new procedure. Uh, most countries did not have anything in place uh, uniquely because it is a national security. It does have an exemption from the EU rules, so each country can do what it wants to do. The fact is that there is a new procedure coming out. There's something out for comment by the UK, which will be comments reviewed in October. Um, other countries and our coming governments are coming up with these things. So they're, they're addressing them, they're recognizing them, and that's a really an important piece because up until this point, there hasn't been a process. And so now it allows them to review that. doesn't mean things are going to be turned off, but at least it will be reviewed because the people have confessed that you know, things happened without uh, full understanding, and then there it is. So now that, that's the opportunity. And so the same thing with the U.S. Now the chance is for the CFIUS uh, now to reach out and to look at cases that are being uh, done so they can bring them in for filing. Uh, certain things that you're seeing in the press these days were cases that didn't get filed, and now they're being reached out. It's always been the safe harbor that if you did a filing, you were pre preserved as long as it was accurate and no falsification, you were safe from any review. Uh, now, and people that didn't do it for things because they made a judgment call either mistakenly or just out of good faith but really didn't realize the sensitivity, they're now being called in. So there, there are things that are coming along in that area. I think across the board it's going to be a good, good thing for uh, everyone to give confidence in the national security review and also to allow companies to get a better understanding of what's going to be. Now, frankly, the regulations are going to take a pile to get done. Everyone's asking, what does this mean? There's a couple things that apply now, and it's going to take some time. The fact is that when this is done, uh, there will be regulations. In the meantime, quite frankly, unless, you, unless you're a practitioner, you're not going to know what's going on. So it's going to, as you do these transactions, you will learn and how the government, because the government has applied up until FINSA was passed, uh, FIRMA was passed, um, they had been applying some of the standards already. And so they're going to start to apply those things, even though the regulations aren't there, as to how they review the process. So we've been able to see some restrictions and some un and, and deals that you get done, and, and some of the questions that are asked. You can see how the legislation had affected people in, in, in its beginning stages. But I'm very pleased to think, frankly, the legislation shows that things can get done well. Uh, there's an article about how it has been a, a great uh, cross-party uh, line uh, approach which has resulted in some good legislation. The beginning, as I said, was very difficult. Uh, would have been a, a, a difficult result, but working together the, does show you the system works. So after a year, we've got a good result. Uh, and uh, n nobody's watched this more closely uh, than you have, at least nobody uh, that I know. Uh, and uh, you and I have been having these conversations for more than 20 years now. Uh, what, where can they get it better, right? I mean, because um, we were in an event where there were two uh, staffers who were saying, look, you know, we think we got it right also, but there can always be improvement. What are some of the things that you would consider and you would recommend to folks who worked on this to make it even better more flexible, more secure for the future, given that you know you, you do see a lot of these transactions come through in a very sort of nuanced way. You know when a guy's trying to put something on, but you also know when, when something was either an innocent mistake or, or is actually something that's beneficial. Talk to us a little bit about, you know, if you were making a couple of recommendations to them to try to make this better, what would be some of the things that you would suggest? I think it's really, I think it's in good shape right now. I mean, the fact is that there will be some things about mitigation. I think we'd have to see what the regulations are going to be. The beauty of it was, instead of having Congress come up with the terms, which could have then have to be applied strictly, they've allowed the, the, the agency to make its own determination. So the CFIUS Group Treasury will be coming out with regulations, and, and those will be where we will be able to see how this thing works. I think there are some things in, in mitigation areas to help, uh, once again, maybe funding for that. Uh, one of your participants in the, in the conference was talking about how to, how to make sure that works and how to make sure that there's enough support for mitigation. There's a lot of support for the review, 
and coming up with that. But then, of course, and you said analytics, there's a lot of work being done in that area. So there's getting ones is staffing it up, getting it. I'm hoping that the the, uh, the the financial areas, you know, the fees. In the past, we've been able to say file because it's protecting and it's not going to cost you anything except the lawyer's fees, which, of course, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> uh, the fact is, though, that the, the bottom line is that there will be some fees, and so how they are put forward will be an important piece to, to you know, it's up to 300000 or 1% of the deal. Um, so those are, those are things that are be, need to be considered. But, no, I'm, I'm very pleased. I mean, I'll have to admit, if you asked me this question a year ago, I would have had a lot longer conversation. But uh, I think they worked it out well, and they, you know, the issue is um, they listened. They listened to both sides of the aisle. They listened to the in industry. Um, there were a lot of people who were concerned. Um, there's no statement about any particular company, country. Uh, it is really, you know, it, you know it when you see it. And so basically the understanding of, of what national security is and, and evaluating on a case-by-case -case basis. I've been involved with file all over the world. And people have said, what does this mean? I said, many of these, these deals that you hear about, number one, they're public. And so they don't necessarily mean they're not really showing you what's really happening behind the scenes because below the radar, things that are private and quiet uh, go through and they take longer. And that's really, I think, frankly, this getting from 30 to 45 days will allow things to get done quicker um, in the, in the, and do triage. That's another piece of it. So there's a lot of positive aspects to this, which will end up in a good benefit for everyone. So I'm not really uh, critical at this point. We can talk later about the regulations and see how that goes. Uh, and for what it's worth, um, I, uh, my, my brother is, uh, is a lawyer. Some of my best friends are lawyers, so I'm not anti-lawyer. So let me, but I don't even have very good lawyer jokes to be able to hit you, uh, hit you with. Um, uh, one question. Uh, there was a, a, a recent uh, event at the Hudson Institute where um, folks were very negative about this and, and that it's, you know, not uh, prescriptive or not tough enough. How do you respond to that? You know, because there are some folks who are saying, well, you know, this isn't this this measure is not tough enough and, and still leaves too many doors open. As somebody who's practiced this for um, for three decades, uh, going back to Exxon Florio days, uh, effectively, you know, what what how do you respond to that as somebody who's who looks at this, touches it and works with it every day. No, I think, frankly, there is, it is, does have the power. Frankly, a lot of the things that are being done, CFIUS did have the power to do. I think that was an important piece to understand that this is just makes it more specific and gives more direction. But I think and it also does bring in some of the things that the lack of control has always been taking control. And so now it's expanded to look at things where you can get some access. The concern was somebody who's a minority investment may be on the board, but they're out of control. Do they have access to information uh, either as to critical technologies uh, information or to personal identifier information because they are on the board or through some other agreements. So all of these things are, are allowing people to review them. I don't see any restriction. I mean, frankly, not identifying a particular uh, areas is good because it's flexible. I mean, that's the beauty of it, having new regulations which allows the agency to look at what's important and come up with a flexible approach because if you get it too rigid, uh, you once again, you, you destroy the situation. I think right now, to allow the investment as necessary. I mean, a lot of people have looked to different countries for bringing investment uh, to allow people to grow their technologies, and so that's been welcome. Um, but it's really making sure the technologies are protected. And so I think that's, that's there. And so I, I really uh, take issue with that, and I think there's no need to identify any particular areas or problems as much as to say, give the agency the ability to do it, because they've done very well. The, the staff has been there. They're very professional. Um, there are political appointees that are involved ever since the uh, Dubai ports matter. They, they got more high-level review, but still there's always been a very significant dedicated staff who's done a good job of analyzing these things, and not only within the committee itself, I mean the, the Treasury, but each 
government agency that's involved, DOD, Homeland Security, Justice, all those others, have, have keep people who have the expertise who can bring that to bear. And so they've been very good about it and very professional. And I think the, the real issue is when you do a deal, uh, the, the people who get the deal, they want, they want assurance and they, they want uh, the cost to be something rational. So it's timing and assurance. And if you can, if you can, more that you can get some timing done. In some of the cases I mentioned, being able to make it faster so you can do a declaration, uh, we'll see what that means. But being, coming up with a simple filing, uh, coming up with something which will allow for a, more, a quicker re answer and more assurance and also allow people to go forward uh, in a more rational and reasonable way, rather than the, it's the uncertainty that people are worried about. So when you're competing, it'll, it forces foreign companies to raise the ante. They have to put in more money, uh, unnecessarily perhaps, because the deal may get done, but just to give comfort to the, the seller to say, well, if I don't, it doesn't happen, I'm going to get rewarded. And of course, then there's some significant breakup fees that have occurred in the past, too. So there's a whole bunch of things that are out there. I'm hoping that once this gets, it'll get it more lubricated, there'll be triage. So the areas that are rational and reasonable and the ones that are sensitive can be dealt with in a rational way uh, rather than uh, dragging everybody's case out. And uh, that's, of course, Eric Tuning's office in, uh, um, in uh, industrial, uh, industrial policy now. Yes. It's back to industrial policy. Um, Chris Greiner, one of the world's uh, leading experts in foreign investment in the United States at the Strzok uh, Law Firm here in Washington. Thanks very much. Excellent. Thank you.